0: As we come to the time of Scripture, and Meredith is going to come and read for us, see if you can pick out. Every time Jesus says, I tell you this parable, he has one point to make in that parable. One point. It's not complex usually, but listen, you'll heal two out of the three pieces of this parable, but again, how it ties in to that Matthew Gospel. So, if you will.
1: Ask and you will receive, search and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, whoever seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door is open to them. Jesus told them this parable. Suppose someone among you had 100 sheep and lost one of them. Wouldn't he leave the other 99 in the pasture and search for the lost one until he finds it? And when he finds it, he is thrilled and places it on his shoulders. When he arrives home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Celebrate with me, because I've found my lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who changes both heart and life than over 99 righteous people who have no need to change their hearts and lives. Or what woman, if she owns ten silver coins and loses one of them, won't light a lamp and sweep the house, searching, for her, searching her home carefully until she finds it? When she finds it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Celebrate with me, because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, joy breaks out in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who changes both heart and life. Holy
0: wisdom, holy word. First service this morning, one of the questions I asked those that were attending that service in the midst of, it's never fair on this Sunday where we turn the clocks, you know, spring forward to ask anybody any questions. But I asked them, why is it that you come to church? What is it about this place that makes you able to get up on any given Sunday morning be here by between 8.50 and 9, or in some cases 9.05, and keep you here coming back every Sunday. It was amazing to hear them talk about the fact that as soon as they walk in the doors from the parking lot, they begin to feel a sense of peace. Others talked about the fact that they come in because they know what is going to happen is they're going to gather together with their family. And family meaning the best sense of the word. Others talked about the fact that what they're looking for when they come in was something to really chew on and wrestle with for the remainder of the week. Others talked about coming together to see dear friends. Not just family, but dear friends, and some others, folks that they don't see any other time during the week. It's an amazing thing that we do as each one of us comes into this place with sometimes a different agenda. But I think for many of us, it is all about searching for something and finding it. So why is it that you come to church Search and find is now that next piece in the vision statement. Is that third um, kind of two-word statement that, that helps us kind of define further who and what we are. That, that we do come, as Aldersgate United Methodist Church, to search and define uh, in a variety of ways. And what I love about these two scriptures is, again, not only do they tie together, but they, they help define each other. In the Matthew scripture that Meredith read, what you hear is a promise, basically, that if you seek, you will find. If you ask, there will be an answer. If you knock, the door will be opened to you and something will happen in you. There's a promise there. But then in Luke, he takes it that much further with these three really interesting stories. Here's the problem. We don't understand these stories as well because we don't come from the Middle East. And we certainly don't come from that time where everyone sitting around as Jesus is trying to explain these things gets this visual picture that we have a difficult time kind of relating to until we kind of go deeper. So I want to talk about these three things just briefly. The first one is this lost sheep right? What we don't usually know about sheep is sheep have a tendency to get, particularly the younger they are, and nothing like humanity or human beings, the younger they are, they have a tendency to get distracted easily. A sheep will kind of look around and constantly relate to its surroundings and, you know what, its heads go up and, oh, look, there's a cloud that looks like a sheep. <laughs> oh, 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 or look, there's over on that hillside, it looks like the grass is greener. Oh, there's this rock over there that I need to go check out and explore. And it just, it's like it walks around with its head in the clouds. And of course, we don't know anybody like this. (laughs) And so suddenly, the other thing, because the sheep's head is up, is suddenly it doesn't see the edge of the cliff before it goes over. And then suddenly, it's lost. But what's amazing about this story is the shepherd always knows how many sheep and not by counting a shepherd is able to recognize every individual sheep and what this story is trying to relate is that knows the sheep so well and knows the tendencies so well and can look at the flock and suddenly realize something's wrong, something's missing. And as he prayerfully considers leaving the flock, and by the way, this was not a time of herding dogs. This is often one and maybe two shepherds. That shepherd will leave the flock in the safety of those numbers and go off to find the lost sheep, clearly recognizing the dangers that that sheep is facing. There is an issue of deep vulnerability here that as a sheep wanders off, we know that predators are very opportunistic. Anybody who's ever watched anything on the animal planet and sees the attacks of predators knows that what they will do is always separate out one and go after that. It was the same then. This shepherd will do anything it takes to find that lost sheep. To bring it back and will always then, and I love this picture of Jesus. You know this picture of Jesus walking with that lamb or that sheep over his shoulders. And that's what shepherds did because the trauma that the sheep has undergone sometimes make it almost immobile. And he will carry that sheep back carefully, talking to it, and then gently place it down back in the safety of the flock. And then what the Scripture says is then celebrates with everyone else that that lost sheep has been found and is now back in the protection of the fold. Second story, you have this lost coin, and, and I, I, I think we keep thinking that the lost coin is like a quarter, but it's not a quarter. The headdress of women of this time depending on their level of caste the system in which they live will be absolutely defined by the coins that are worn across their forehead 10 coins is very significant it means this woman is fulfilled is rich is is just phenomenal and she becomes defined by those 10 coins Now think about one of those coins falling off. This perfect definition of who and what she is has now disappeared. And it leaves a space. Nine is that number that according to this kind of understanding is an incomplete number. Ten is complete. Plus, can you imagine the space? It would be like losing your front tooth. Right? And that space is created there, and what that then says is unorganized, not complete, maybe not healthy. And so the passion in which this woman goes to find her lost coin, to replace that there, is important. Because in finding that, last, that lost coin, she again not only becomes complete, but she becomes much less vulnerable In the way that others see her. The danger of this, kind of like the lost sheep who is so distracted that they can't find their way, the danger of this is that she then becomes defined by something on the exterior. Not by who she is, but by what she has. And there is significant vulnerability in the midst of that, not only for how she may be perceived or how she might live, but also what's going on deeper. And what does it say? She sweeps the whole house until she finds the coin, and then she gathers all the friends together to celebrate. Celebrate the found sheep. Celebrate the found coin. Then we have that sometimes all too familiar story of the lost sheep. Son, and we should always put an S on the end of son. There are two, both of whom are lost. And again, very quickly, son comes to his father, the younger son comes to his father and basically says to his father, I wish you were dead because I want the money that you're going to give me when you die. I'm demanding that you give me my inheritance right now. Uh, there is nothing more inappropriate than that son coming to that father and saying those words. Nothing. And, and and so this young son, and it's important that we understand he's young because obviously he's not ready in a mature way to handle that kind of money. And so what does he do in his own immaturity? goes off to a far country, spends it all on parties and women, and finds himself... In a pigsty. And again, Jew, pigs, do not, do not mesh. And there he is in the pigsty and he he says to himself, How many of my father's servants have more than I at this point? I know. I'll go to my father and I'll say to my father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son, Make me as one of your hired servants. He gets up, makes the decision, heads for home, rounds the corner, and can you just see him saying these words over and over and over in his head, only to hear footsteps as he rounds the corner toward home. And in the most undignified way possible, the father hoists up his robe and runs to this lost son. And as the words are coming out of his mouth, Father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I, uh, and the father gently clasps his hands over the young boy's mouth and not allowing him to finish the worthiness statement. And instead says to the servants, Bring me the best robe and the ring and the sandals, all of which are depictions of his role in the family. We are reinstating this boy who, yes, was vulnerable and, yes, made a mistake, but we are incorporating him back fully into this family. And then the camera shifts and you go to this field and there is the older son who says, What? The son who has gone off and spent all your money comes back and you throw a party for him. I'm a little angry. And so this older son stands there in incredible judgment. And yet the father also embraces him. And again, I love the picture of Rembrandt's Return of the Prodigal Son as there is that embrace, and this young boy's head is shaved, a sign of disgrace. Sandals are hanging off his feet, and the father is embracing him his left hand very masculine, his right hand very feminine. Rembrandt was a genius this way, and both sides of God, that embracing God who says, in the midst of our deepest vulnerability, I will embrace you. I will bring you back into the fold. And what happens? The community celebrates. So, friends, where do you find yourself in any one of those stories? Are you that easily distracted one who is constantly looking and trying to find, and to some extent, (laughs) at, at your own risk? And there are times in that distraction where you fall over the cliff. Or are you that woman who is defined by what you have versus what you are on the inside? Those physical things, the car you drive or the house in which you live or any of those things, that those become that which defines you much less than your relationship with Christ? Or are you that one who's gone off to the far country and doesn't know how to get back? Or are you that one who's at home and have always been here and supported this church in phenomenal ways? And who are these new people? Who are pushing us a different direction and standing in judgment of those who may come. Some of us may be all of those things. Some of us may be. But here's the deal. In the midst of any one of those things, what Christ is telling us is that there is a place for you. There will always be a home for you. And the beauty and promise and focus of a church must be to be that home where no matter what you may be searching for, no matter how healthy or unhealthy that may be, this is that place where you can come back and in your return, whether it was from yesterday or two weeks ago or 27 years ago, when you went off into the far country, this is that place where you can return and celebrate. And we fulfill that promise. We fulfill that promise. That if you ask, there will be an answer. If you are searching and seeking, you will find a depth and a love And if you're knocking at that door, no matter how soft that knock may be, the doors of this place will be flung open wide and you will be absolutely embraced as you come through or even as we go and find you. Think about what it feels like to know that if you're lost, there will be a group of people who no matter what it takes will go and find you. If you are lost, no matter where it may be, that there is a group of people who will go and find you. We search and we find that is who we are as Aldersgate United Methodist Church. Will you pray with me? God, no matter what, we know that you search for us. No matter where we may be off in a far country. No matter where we stand. No matter how distracted we are. No matter what we feel like we have lost. And no matter how judgmental we may be at times. We know that you are there to embrace us. To bring us back into the fold. the fold where we are defined not by any of those things, but by love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, and self-control. That is what your community of faith is to be. Not one of those, all of those. So guide us, Guide us, guide us, find us in this time.